Good afternoon and good evening and welcome into another episode of the Walk-On Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason Prill. Alongside of me, several states away, is my good friend Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Jason, and how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm stuck in my basement holding a microphone, so <laughs> this is going to be interesting today. Yeah, at least I, I have my stand, so I, I am very blessed with that. Yeah, I'm in a recliner with my laptop on a coffee table and my microphone right in front of me in my hands. <laughs> nice, so, nice. This is going to be an interesting hour-long episode. If my arm gets tired, you might not hear me anymore. Uh, hopefully it won't. But so, how was your uh your week this past week, Jordan? Uh the week was really good. Um as you know, I'm not employed, so I <laughs> I have a lot of free time on my hands, uh, even Quite though a I lot am. Of free time. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeking jobs actively, but I, I still don't have a job. Um, but I got the chance to play golf several times this week, of which I'll, I'll throw a disclaimer: I'm not very good, mm. but um, I do enjoy myself going out there, especially when I'm going with other people. Uh, I did go one day by myself this week, and uh, it was the worst round of golf I had ever played. Um, and I'll never, ever go by myself ever again. Um, but the nice it, thing about going by yourself, Jordan, is nobody knows that it was the worst round you ever played. You could that's go very home true. and say, yeah, I shot a 37 for nine, and I was in great shape today. Yep, no one that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I went golfing once this past week, shot a, a 96 for 18. Nice. Which wasn't terrible, but also not great. Um, I lost a lot of golf balls. Um, yeah. and, uh, the guy I golf with, he doesn't like to spend a lot of time searching for golf balls. Mm. And so that ends up costing me more money. And so even though the course by my house is pretty cheap, I end up spending about the same amount in golf balls per week. Yeah. And so it kind of evens it out eventually. But that's that's my golf game, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't even – well – the last round of golf I played was my best round I've ever played. And I want you really? to guess. I want you to guess what I what I shot. Again, I'm not very good. Yeah. Um with mulligans or without mulligans? Uh no, I I'm very honest with my score. I don't because I feel like I'm not going to get better if I cheat myself. So, this is very honest. Um ever th- I count every stroke, every swing. Okay. Every penalty. Um, I'm going to go with a 104. Very close. It was a 106. Okay. Okay. That's not too bad. I've been there. I've done yeah. that quite a few times. So You're probably I, a little bit more honest than I am golfing. Yeah, I'm but. I'm very honest. I, I I'm very honest on what my score is. I I don't like uh I just I don't like cheating myself cuz this is something that I feel like I could get good at if I paid more attention and played more. That's the other thing is uh the three times I've played golf this past week um is more than I've played in one summer for a long time <laughs> for like the last four summers. Um so okay. I feel like the more I play, that you know, that's with any sport. The more you play, the better you get at it. No, absolutely. I, I'm more of the opinion of 
I'm not good enough to count my penalties. And for me to get better, I want to take the same shot twice. And so gotcha. if I have one bad shot, so say I'm 100 yards out from the green and mm. I pull out my pitching wedge or my nine iron and I shank it. Yeah. I'm not nope. going to get any better if I don't take that shot again. Nope. Because the next time I'm in that position, I'm going to have no confidence and <laughs> approach the ball and expect to do the exact same thing over again. So well, What happens if you shot. shank it twice, Jason? And then I play the second ball. I never <laughs> play more. I never play more than two balls from a spot, unless gotcha. it's off the tee and we're having fun. But I got you. I got you. Once I get into the fairway, I give myself two shots to get a to get a good one, just so I can get my confidence, try and figure out what I'm doing wrong. Because if I don't take it again after a bad shot, I'm not going to fix anything. If that makes sense, I'm just going to go to another shot and switch up my swing for a different club. Yeah, that makes sense. So, that makes sense. I, I want to get the most for my money and playing two oh. balls. Well, I guess I'll have to just call your local golf course and let them know that Jason Pearl has been stealing from them, playing basically two rounds of golf. (laughs) Oh, it's totally fine. (laughs) The the course plays so slow. There's so many people there. It's a mess. The guy in front of us, he cut us off. We were coming around the turn. He cut us off, and uh, he steps up to the tee, probably a high school kid, steps Uh up to the tee. And tries to crank it as hard as he can. And I'm of course. going into the clubhouse at the time to grab something uh, to drink. And the guy swings with all of his might. <laughs> and I don't see the ball leave the club. Mm. But I see his head whip straight to the right. Like <laughs> at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> and he just looks. Looks back into the fairway. Picks up his tee. And acts as if it landed in the fairway. But it actually landed two fairways over. That's amazing. <laughs> so, that's the kind of golfers that golf at this golf course. So I don't think they're too concerned about me playing two balls from one spot. Probably not. But anyway, <laughs> Jordan, how about we jump into our Let's episode? Do it. This isn't a golf podcast. No, nope, not at all. I think this is the first time we've talked about golf other than last I, week. We talked about Tiger and Phil. We're that was slowly it. becoming a golf podcast. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> if sports don't return, we might have to. That's right. Well, speaking of sports returning, hashtag great transition. Uh, we talked about last week the NBA is coming back, and this is uh, this is not a like oh they're probably coming back. This is oh they're coming back as long as you know no one dies of this virus. You know this is this is this is happening, and they've said that they've even said that even if somebody has a positive case, they're going to oh, continue. Thought- I thought um, you were going to say not if somebody, somebody dies. dies. No, not if somebody <laughs> dies. Like, wow. Not if somebody dies. Um, they'll probably stop if somebody dies. But uh, they have said, you know, uh, we're not we're not stopping just because one positive case is coming through. And I think that's another thing that we kind of have to expect here, Jason, is that uh, they're going to do. You think about twenty-two teams are coming to Orlando, mm-hmm. and all the um, players of these 22 teams will be in their home markets on June 21st. And the next day, June 22nd is when the daily testing will begin. Uh, That's thousands of tests a day because they're not just doing players. They're doing staff as well. Mm -hmm. And there's bound to be not one positive test, multiple positive tests throughout uh, just because of the, nature of the virus, especially for people returning. Uh, you think about a case like Kevin Durant, who said 
he, I mean, he's completely recovered from this virus, but he never showed a symptom. Uh, and I think yeah. some of these players uh, may yeah. come back and they have, um, uh, you know, they may test positive, which that's something that they're going to have to deal with. The team is going to have to deal with. But luckily, it's happening so early that, you know, two weeks in quarantine, two negative tests, and they'll be back in the mix well before the season starts on the 31st of July. Mm -hmm. So I think that's plenty of time. Um, it is it is sucky for them that they'll have to miss two weeks of that, that home training camp. Um, but teams will be down in Orlando on July 7th, Jason, um, which is a month from today. Also, I'd like to point out before we move on, uh, I just want to remember that today is June 7th. Uh, we're recording this Sunday. And June 7th, 2018 is when the Capitals won their first ever oh. Stanley Cup and I just wanted to remind everybody of how great that team was and what a fond memory I have from that team. And I'm even wearing my championship shirt um, on me right now. So in remembrance of that and in celebration of that, remembering hockey. So, but Are we going to record on June 19th? Because then I'll remind everyone of the time the Cavs uh, came back from 3-1 to one, uh, in the NBA Finals to win the championship. No, because we'll, we're recording on June Sundays 19th. because – because it's uh, it'll be the 21st, so sorry about ah, that. That was probably um, the parade. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> um, but either way, uh, one interesting note here, Jason, about the return to play plan is uh, there's a there's a a lot of days in between the the 31st of July and the 7th of July. Um, yeah. And the plan right now is kind of up in the, in the air in terms of scrimmages and how much teams will be practicing you know these are 22 teams who are used to 22 different facilities and multiple practice courts um Mm -hmm. not all that is there there's a lot in orlando but they don't have 22 different facilities for all these teams so there will definitely be shared um facilities um but my question to you is is that too much time between uh, right there in Orlando, would you rather have them um, do an extended period of time where they spend a little bit more time in their home markets before traveling down to Orlando? No, I. there's really no purpose in spending more time in your home market because every state right now has different rules as far as gyms and athletic facilities and whether or not things can be open. And so it would significantly put some teams at a disadvantage and other teams at an advantage based on their state's rules. And so by getting everybody into the same area at the same time, uh, giving them the same amount of days to prepare for this eight-game regular season plus postseason, I I think it's the best move that they can make. Uh, You don't want one team to get significantly more practice time than another because then it's a competitive disadvantage mm-hmm. um, for, and it it's just not fair uh, and you want all the teams because technically based on government orders uh, you're supposed to or it's encouraged that you quarantine for 14 days bef- when you go someplace mm-hmm. um, and so the NBA is obviously not completely going to be following that but you want to give them at least 14 days before the start of the season uh, in order to 
completely hopefully rid themselves of whatever virus uh, or illness that they might be tracking into the right. uh, facilities. And so getting them there early, getting them tested often, I think is the best solution. Uh, and so I have no issues with how they're handling this and how they're going forward. Yeah, and I, that I was facetiously asking you that because uh, to me, you know, while you're still home, there's no limitations on, you know, going to the, you know, food store to getting, you know, going out to eat. Cause you think about a place like Georgia. Um, I know the Atlanta Hawks are not part of that playoffs, but um, just thinking about Memphis where in Tennessee, it's not that strict and um, mm-hmm. places out West where Oklahoma, it's not that strict. Um, but you have other places like New York and DC and California, yep. right, where there's a lot of restrictions, and so uh, you you may not be worried about some of those more restrictive markets, but for markets where uh, you may not even be required to wear a mask going to anywhere in public, or you may be able to sit down inside and eat in front of a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, there's no restrictions on that while you're while you're at home. Uh, but apparently when you're in this bubble, um, you're going to have access to where you sleep. You're allowed, I believe it's to bring three family members, which for some people is going to be pretty difficult considering that, considering that they have more than two children or three children. Um, who's going to stay home with the kids. The, uh, on family where three of them are in the NBA. Right, exactly. That is a lot. It's a lot, and uh, of course, I'm sure they'll make exceptions. Um, yeah. But uh, basically, you'll have access to your your basically your room, and they're going to house all the players in one hotel. Is is what the plan is. Um, and when I initially heard that, Jason, I kind of laughed because I thought about the uh, a couple years ago when the Rockets and Clippers played. And there was the big scuffle, um, secret tunnel, and-, and the secret tunnels. And I just thought that you know maybe after a hard fought playoff game, there there may be some fights across the hallways <laughs> of the hotel. And I thought that that would be really unique, <laughs> considering. I, I, I that. hope we see uh, players like Anthony Davis and some of these these big names ding dong ditching their opponents before the big game yes. for a big game and <laughs> you, you see video of them running up and down the hallways and uh, annoying right. the crap out of each other i think that right. that could be a fun addition to uh this nba postseason for sure and other things to work out um so if you want to move this nba return into phases jason phase one was to get a date they needed mm-hmm. a date they needed to understand uh what was what was the last straw in terms of coming back and finishing the season uh, and Adam Silver came out with the 31st, and then Phase 2 was uh, constructing this plan of who is involved and what is the rest of the season going to look like. Um, and they've gotten that, for the most part, done. Uh, the next phase, and following there, I think there's a lot of phases that people aren't considering. Uh, one of the bigger problems about this this deal, Jason, is that there are regular season games left which means there's home market television money and radio money still on the table. How yeah. is the NBA going to get people there to broadcast those games? And then on top of that, 
you're also going to have multiple playoff games a day. Who, like, are you going to have all your, like, normal, but, you know, just have TNT and ESPN there and have everybody kind of collaborate? Like, I think that would be very interesting, but I want to know, like, your take on what, how the NBA should handle the eight games and then also the, the broadcast of the television, the television side of the playoff format now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's like there's two completely different strategies for how this is going to this is going to work as far as the regular season, the final 8 games and the postseason uh from first round all the way to the finals. Uh if I'm in the NBA, I take even though Major League Baseball is not back yet, they're as far away as any sport possible. <laughs> but they have told their local market broadcasters that regardless of what the plan is and where the teams will be playing, the broadcasters will be working from home and it'll just be connected to like a kind of a universal feed, Mm. um, a a video feed, and then they can talk over that. So uh, I think if you're the NBA, you just have one universal feed. Um, So you bring some cameramen down and they Mm -hmm. work the cameras and the broadcasters the local markets they're going to have to work from home uh, or from the wherever their studio is or whatever follow along kind of like everyone else watching it on television uh, but then broadcasting over that and the playoffs you have a nicer luxury of the fact that you don't need as many crews mm-hmm. um, but I do think you'll see something similar to March Madness and how that's mm-hmm. set up and yeah. so and even though they're all in one location, you will have a rotation of broadcasters and you'll probably, each team will probably have two games a day would be my mm-hmm. guess. And they'll kind of rotate because there's what, seven per day come playoffs, seven games per day. I mean, it depends because the, it, it, it all depends because another thing that we needed to touch on was uh, this potential for the play in bracket for the uh, eighth seed. Uh, for the Eastern Conference, it would just be a uh, between two teams, uh, as Washington is the only additional uh, team invited to Orlando that's not part of the current playoff structure. Yeah. Uh, the West is a different story, uh, where there's a lot of games to be played potentially. Mm-hmm. If that uh, if if multiple teams are within four games of that eight seed uh, currently held by the Grizzlies. Um, that could be problematic in terms of the schedule. And it, if you, I mean, if you're already looking at the math, um, potentially you're looking at multiple, multiple back-to-backs. And I think early on, Jason, they've already set this date for, I believe it's October 12th, as the latest Game 7 um, date for the mm-hmm. finals. Uh, if if you put a hard date on that, then the problem becomes well, you have to fit the rest of the schedule in there, but you don't know the rest of the schedule. And you look at the the numbers here, Jason, and you're gonna have to play multiple back to backs, um, which could potentially push together more of your later schedules. Ideally, they play the eight games like they have them, you know, set up. Yeah. Uh, Washington falls out of the picture like they are right now, and then the Grizzlies play well. Uh, and then there's no play-in, and you just go on with the playoffs like normal, then potentially you don't have to do as many games as you think. 
uh, maybe a maximum of three or four, maybe especially the first round. After the first round, you don't really have to cram it because you have till October 12th. But if mm-hmm. you have those playing games, it, it makes a big difference. Well, the nice thing about everybody being in one spot is it eliminates the travel days. And mm-hmm. you see that a lot come playoff time where there's like an extra day in between some of the games for travel uh, and all of that. Like you look at the finals, you have it's three games per day uh, for the whole series. Right. Um, and so you can pretty much completely eliminate that because everyone's going to be in the same location. So you don't maybe necessarily have to do back to backs, but you can do one day in between instead of the two or three days in between. Uh, and right. so that will significantly crunch in those numbers uh, and help smooth the season along. Uh, but For I do sure. get what you're saying. There is a concern about uh, you put a hard date on when you want to end. And so mm. I'm sure they have plans, and I'm sure as we get closer, those plans will leak, and as the schedule begins to fill, mm-hmm. uh, it will begin to make more sense. Uh, but I do think that they have an advantage in the situation that – every single team that's competing will be in the same spot. And so there's not travel days. There's not, you don't have to give them access to the gym for a day and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like you can just, you can just play and that will greatly uh, benefit the scheduling going forward. For sure. And uh, so we're about to move on, but uh, just for you listening, uh, the things you need to watch out for in the, in the coming weeks for this NBA return to play plan is like we just discussed the the money uh, with the television markets, the radio markets uh, for these eight regular season games. How the schedule is going to plan out, and I think it'll be interesting to kind of have like a mid season schedule reveal. Uh, at least for these eight games, for me that would be it's really fun to you know take a look at that. And of course, when we get that, Jason, you and I will sit down and and do some you know. Uh, projections for how the season will shake Eight up game projections exactly uh <laughs> which is it's easier on us than doing 82 um yeah, absolutely and then uh another thing to look out for is uh and i've been hearing this a lot jason is how uh teams will be affected by uh roster spots if a couple or three or four players are affected by the virus, how is the NBA going to allow signing and roster filling? So, again, we will we have one more thing to discuss with uh, the NBA's plan to return, but we will wait for that on our second segment. But, again, uh, pay attention to those things as we move forward. Jason, yep. uh, our next big hitter. Uh, Heavy hitter. Other, uh, other than um, the NBA's plan – uh, in terms of sports, um, Headlines. There, was, there, there wasn't a lot in terms of uh, actual on-the-field or prepping for on-the-field play. Uh, we're these not going to touch on soccer. Right now. Uh, the, <laughs> the two things we have next um, were a pretty big deal in their own right, um, but more specifically this one we're going to touch on right now. Drew Brees made some comments about uh, protesting the American flag. Um, And I do want to, uh, you know, I don't want to bash him here, and I do want to make sure everybody's aware that he was asked a direct question about um, kneeling during the national anthem and how he personally felt about that. 
Uh, now, Jason, in my opinion, what he said was not only um, untimely, uh, it was wrong to assume that that's what they were protesting about. And it, it sounds to me like he has, um, one, asked for forgiveness, and two, uh, come to a better understanding of what they were talking about. Um, yeah. But I want to know, from your opinion and, and what you've been hearing, uh, is all reconciled with Drew Brees or... You know, should players kind of wait a second or do they hold it over his head until he learns his lesson? Is he not woke enough? Like, what is your opinion on that? That's tough to say because I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in his daily contact list of people he's reaching out to. So I can't I, I can't speculate necessarily how his teammates are feeling and coaches and uh, even opponents. Um I do think his apology was sincere, and I do think that uh, he is, if he hasn't already, he will take the time to educate himself and to have those conversations and to continue to develop relationships because uh, that's just the kind of person that Drew Brees is. Right. Um, from everything that I've heard, is uh, you're not really going to hear people say he's a bad teammate. And right. he had this snafu of answering a, a, a untimely question uh mm-hmm. and to to be fair to him it now's not the time to be I, I mean it is the time for those these types of discussions but bringing up the flag in the in an issue of military-esque isn't nece- this isn't necessarily the time to be discussing that right uh, and so i don't want to just pile on him i don't want to just throw him under the bus it was kind of an untimely question because that really hasn't been the main conversation here yes it's a conversation that needs to be addressed and it is a conversation that needs to be had but we have other issues with similar uh taglines for lack of a better term right we have other issues that you could have asked about in that situation and so uh that the conversation that he delved into was the conversation that spawned out of the kneeling for the national anthem mm-hmm. instead of the the murder of George Floyd and the police brutality and all of that kind of stuff. And so he attacked the question from the conversation of three years ago or two years ago when this all started happening. Uh, and I'm not going to say whether he was right or wrong, uh, but I, I do think he needed to take the time to educate himself. And I think he's done that, and I think he will do that. And I think he's going to – I think he's already rebuilt some of his trust with his teammates. You look at uh, somebody like Michael Thomas, uh, who's since been posting pictures of them uh, and hyping up his QB and all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, things aren't going to heal overnight, but he definitely took a huge step in the right direction uh, as far as healing. Uh, And the more he educates himself and the more that he takes the time to understand – and to listen, uh, the quicker the healing process is going to become. For sure. And I, I'd echo all your sentiments there. Um, I don't think, um, at least from my point of view, there's there's not much else to point out in that discussion. Uh, let's move on to the next one, Jason. Uh, this is this is pretty big news for uh, the, college basket, basketball. the college basketball world. Um, not necessarily for the team we are going to discuss, um, because Oklahoma State was hit with a uh, postseason play ban uh, for this coming year, 
And uh, the issue, though, Jason, is that um, this was just one level one NCAA violation that Oklahoma State was uh, basically convicted of. Um, The bad news for another program uh, named Kansas. You might have heard uh, of them. Yeah, just maybe. Uh, They are facing currently five level one uh, violations. Um, At least that's what they're being accused of, and the NCAA is currently investigating that. Uh, If you get one level one violation and you're suspended from postseason play, what does five level one violations at the same time do, Jason? Well, I think it we have to let the whole process play out because obviously Oklahoma state will probably appeal in some capacity mm-hmm. uh, and try and get that uh, reduced, maybe just like a, a scholarship reduction or something like that. Um, and so we have, I kind of want to wait before making all these swift judgments, but I will say I, it wouldn't shock me if this is the end of bill self at Kansas um, mm-hmm. It's a team that has had – it's kind of been in the controversy spotlight for a while, ever since Bill Self kind of took over. Uh, always kind of like a, a lingering scandal or violation that just kind of seems to pop up here and there with him. And uh, you look at last year, just the, the huge fight on the court. Um, right. Where one of his players picked up a chair. And so <laughs> I it love just that. raises uh, – it was great. But y- you have to wonder, like – is Bill Self the right fit going forward? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blame that fight on him or anything like that. But everything that we see and we hear points toward mismanagement. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I don't know if he's a good manager, if that makes sense. Because a coach has to be both a coach and a manager for a college basketball organization. Right. They have to be able to coach the players and teach them and grow them and all that kind of stuff. But they also have to manage, manage their assistant coaches, manage their players' mm-hmm. lifestyles and their attitudes and manage uh, communications and relations and all that kind of stuff. And uh, honestly, he's a great coach, but not so good of a manager. And we're seeing that evidence on display via these level one violations. And whether yeah. or not they're directly his fault, they fall underneath him. And as somebody who's supposed to be the head of this team and the head of this program, it still it comes right back to him. It points right back to him that he has mismanaged his organization and he has let things slide underneath the rug for mm-hmm. quite some time and is now facing those consequences. Oh, for sure. And I, I think that the NCAA is definitely uh, making a point uh, with this Oklahoma uh, state um kind of judgment thing where you know i it's kind of a warning um that if they you know find out that some of these teams have violated uh, multiple things uh multiple violations that it's not going to end up too well um other programs uh, other than oklahoma state currently facing uh, uh ncaa punishment are kansas louisville nc state Arizona, Auburn, USC, South Carolina, LSU, and Creighton. And they're all in different stages of the 
process right now. So and uh, we've seen coaches fired for a lot less, lot less, I, lot less. Like I don't want to. My homer is going to come out a little bit, but you look at Ohio State and Jim Trestle with the tattoo gate. Yep. They fired Jim Trestle because of his mismanagement of players and t- trading memorabilia for tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so I compare that to an FBI investigation, federal government investigation, and not to downplay the significance of Ohio State's issues, but you compare you compare them on paper and in the the state of the NCAA that we're in now, and the Ohio State violations seem a lot less than what Kansas and Oklahoma State and LSU and all these other teams are facing, right? Uh, just by scale and by uh, just level of investigation being poured into it. Uh, they mm-hmm. brought in the federal government, and you don't bring in the federal government for something uh, super small. And so, to me, I, I think you're going to see a lot of firings. You're going to see a lot of turnover, and you're going to see a lot of change in college basketball. And so, uh, I I think Kansas is in trouble. Uh, they're, I doubt they'll get the death penalty. I, I think it's a mm-hmm. long way from that. But I do think they're going to face significant punishments, and I don't think we'll see Bill Self on the sideline when college basketball returns. Mm, that'd be a big deal, Jason. Uh, so with that, we're going to head to the sidelines uh, without Bill Self, and we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back with one of our top segments, foul or all ball. You guys know the drill. We're going to determine whether or not a statement is true or false, foul or all ball. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Walk On Podcast. And welcome back into Remote Studio J, where The Walk On Podcast is heading into their second segment. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Jordan Riddick, alongside me, Jason Prill. Jason, are you ready for some foul or all ball? I was born ready, Jordan. I've been ready since birth. September 5th of 1997. Which you probably didn't know because you didn't know my age this past year. I did know your birthday. I didn't know the year. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. forget that. Plus, you unfollowed me on Twitter. I didn't. I I didn't know that we – I don't think I ever followed you. I think that was the issue. (laughs) No, I think you did because I remember you liking my tweets and responding to me. I think That's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. But let's head into Fowler All Ball. Jason, for those who have not listened with us before, Fowler All Ball is just a segment we like to do. It's We're just going to list out a statement, and we will determine whether the statement is foul or all ball. Uh, foul being false and all ball being true or mostly true. Jason, the first one we have today. Um, the One of the things, and this is the other thing that we were going to talk about with the NBA's return to play plan is that it came out this week that they are working with EA Sports and 2K to try to uh, use the noise, the in-game noise that the video game uses to be used not only for the broadcast, but actually in the stadium to kind of create a home court advantage for the quote-unquote home team. Oh, Good idea or not? It's just this is a foul. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be 
because here's the thing: when you're watching something on television, right. and there's a sound that doesn't match up, mm. what goes through your mind? It's weird. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Right. You're like, is everything okay? And so if you're hearing crowd noise, but seeing an empty stadium, mm. you're like, what? What? Like, what is going on? I I think if I was the players. I'd much rather play in an atmosphere where it's dead quiet and you can just hear the players talking and chatting and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Or they're pumping in music, just kind of like a, like they would for a practice or something like yeah. that. And yeah. keeping it nice and chill and laid back. The crowd noise to me is stupid because it's so robotic. You listen to what I've played 2K. Uh. You can be down by... 20 points and you hit a three-pointer you're down by 17 and all of a sudden the crowd is going wild as if you're back within one and it goes from like dead silent to like ah and it's a mess it's just I, they're gonna have it's i think it's gonna be weird it's gonna be awkward i don't think the players are gonna like it you're probably gonna see them laughing on the court because of it i would i'll probably be <laughs> laughing watching on tv uh it was it, it's gonna be like pumping crowd noise into an intramural basketball game you just don't do yes. that yeah it's <laughs> you're in an empty gym with the players on the court maybe a few fans on the sideline and that's about it let the families come and cheer how about that let them come watch the game and cheer and have them social distance you can do mm-hmm. that no problem and then you can still get a little bit of crowd noise just plant the mics close that's what they do for march madness yeah they could um, use the, uh, yeah the 2k sounds it's stupid uh, for me, this is all ball, Jason. All no. ball. I no. love the idea. I love the idea because at first I was like, oh, no, this is dumb. I played 2K before. 2K noise is trash. It's badly so timed. Bad. It's badly timed. It, it Sometimes it just doesn't work. But think about it in the sense that the NBA is requesting this. 2K is not going to give them a piece of junk. And the NBA is not going to allow a piece of junk to be used. So to me, if it is done properly and efficiently and has an engineer to run it properly, this is a great idea. This is a great idea. That's a huge if. No, no. There's no way it's going to be done properly. Because the NBA has already approved the video games. It's not like they're diving into this expecting something completely different. 2K has to run their video games by the NBA to get approval. And so the NBA has already approved the crowd noise. And the NBA has a lot more to worry about with the game, like likeness and logos and sponsorships, not crowd noise. I don't think the reason why it's been so sucky is no one cares about the crowd noise. I do. That's how I get I mean, you and I do, but we play the game. We don't sell the game. But We're not selling you, a product. You would think the people playing the game, you would want to reach out to them and make the crowd noise better if that's what they're noticing and paying attention. I don't think it can think. be done well. I don't think, to me, it just seems like they're forcing it, and I think the players are going to find it awkward. I, I'd rather just let the families come in and let them cheer, put them, put microphones near them, and multiply uh, the tracks and make it so it sounds like there's more people there than there actually is, instead of pumping in fake crowd noise. You can't well, we, recreate momentum. Well, we will surely 
we will surely see what happens, but I, I'm hoping that they will at least try it for the regular season just to see if it works. Um, Jason, the next one. Uh, this is a twofold. This is our first twofold Fowler All Ball statement. Okay. All right, so players in the NFL will, one, kneel for the national anthem this coming year, and two, be scrutinized like last time. So am I, for clarification, am I responding to both of these with one answer? Yeah, both of these. Both... Oh, you could, you could do multiple answers or one answer. It doesn't matter. Well, we have in this situation a classic clean on the first but foul on the second. Okay. So the first, the initial contact was clean. His body was in position, drew the contact well. But the second one, he just pushed him to the ground. Uh, okay. I think you're going to see kneeling for the anthem this year. I think you're going to see a lot of solidarity amongst the teams uh, and surrounding around this uh, this push for uh, racial equality. And I think the most effective way and most prominent way that that has been done is via kneeling for an anthem. Uh, and I think right now people are starting to understand um, a little bit more what is like what this what that was about and yep. what it's for and so i'm not going to say they're not going to receive any scrutiny because obviously you're still going to have fox news and <laughs> yeah. they're not going to go away so oh yeah it, you're still going to have fox news and you're still going to have those people who watch fox news who are still going to scrutinize yep. but you're not going to see players lose their jobs or be um, ridiculed to the extent that kaepernick was uh, when he first did it, it's going to be more of an understanding and widespread acceptance of uh, this type of protest. I'm not saying people are necessarily going to like it, right. but I, do th- I don't think that it's going to end up costing players their jobs. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It will be done. It will not be well-received. Um, people, I mean, just look at social media. It's still de- This is still somehow a divisive issue. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't see how. Uh, but that's people's opinions, and it seems like just about anything can be controversial these days. So, yes, uh, clean on the first one, foul on the second. Jason, last one. And I think we're going to continue to add this every time we do this se- a segment until <laughs> they actually decide to put a plan together. Jason, baseball will return in 2020, foul or all ball? Uh, baseball will return in 2020. I'm going to say it's all ball, but I want it to be a foul. Mm, wow. Really? Yeah, you you probably didn't see that one coming. Considering no, I didn't. I'm such a big baseball guy, uh, right? But I'm uh, I'm at the point now where I'm just fed up with the with the ownership and the players, and I I'm not saying I've lost interest. I'm still going to come back next season, and mm-hmm. if they were to come back this year, I'm still going to watch and root for my team and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm not anti baseball. Yeah. But I'm at the point where uh, all these other sports have plans in place. Uh, I want to reward those sports for their effort and their yeah. ability to work things out. Uh, and baseball's not willing to do that. And right. I'm not going to – I don't want to get excited. I don't want to support one side or the other. At this point, I'd say just wipe this season off. It's Either way, their sport is hurt for the long run because of mm. all of this. Uh, yeah. And so I think it might almost be better for them to just wipe the slate clean this year and try again next year. Uh, mm. Because owners want 50 games. Well, you can't figure out anything in 50 games. The <laughs> Indians started out one year like 32 and uh, 
18 uh, and then ended up with a losing record. They were the number one team in, in Major League Baseball at the time at, at the end of 50 games. And yeah. they ended up missing the postseason. And so you learn nothing through 50 games. That's literally – you don't even determine whether you're a buy or sell team at the trade deadline in 50 yeah. games. And well, so, I can't tell you how many times the Orioles started around 500 within 50 games and ended with over 100 losses. So Yeah, and so you're not going to learn anything. It, it's not going to be fair. And what's going to end up happening is all these players, they're going to end up using a year off of their contract – because of their playing 50 games. And so for me, an Indians fan, Francisco Lindor is already down to two years on his contract. Mm-hmm. And if they were to play this year out, he'd be down to one year. Yeah. And I, I don't want to just – I don't think that's fair for the fans. I don't think that's fair for the players. Um, but I think it's what's going to end up happening, which upsets me at this point. Yeah. Uh, for me, Jason, this is, this is a foul – and every day that um, it doesn't happen, it becomes a, a more severe foul. Um, there, there is zero reason to hope or look at this situation and see any kind of uh, positive moving forward or getting close. Um, there's none of that. It, it, the closest we were uh, was when they initially sat down and started talking, mm-hmm. um, like the first moment. Uh, the owners want their money, the players don't want to play unless they get all their money. And that's been basically the 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 song of this entire spring and into the summer. Um it would have been nice to have baseball by July 4th. That's not going to happen at this point. Um mm-hmm. I just don't understand uh, like you said, I am very fed up with the whole just this is honestly all it really cracks down to be is an organizational breakdown between an employer and its employees and it's very sad to see because the baseball had a chance to step up be the first professional sports league back and look at where we're at now they're going to end up not playing this year over money and it's absolutely ridiculous it's stupid and i have a question for you Go ahead. Uh, completely hypothetical. I haven't seen it talked about at all. Okay. But could the owners, if the players refuse to agree in a contract, could they consider the players on strike and bring in replacement players to play the season? If they gave them a fair shot to accepting the money, Jason, um, that's why there's a union. That's why there's a players' union, to represent the players in a positive way. Uh, that way the owners don't have majority control over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if they gave them a fair shot to say yes, then if they still rejected it, then yeah, that, that's basically striking. Um, and then, yeah, you could introduce scab players. Um, I, I just, it, it, it's sad that it's come down to that, to be even thinking about that. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. And you, you might say, well, you're making it too simple. Well, well to me, it's very simple. Uh, both sides are very greedy and it, it seems to me that neither, uh, side wants to give any to the other. Um, and to be honest, owners without your players, you don't have a product and to the players without the owner, you don't have a job. So get it together and get it done. Yeah, 
baseball has screwed itself over for the long run uh, just by the way they've handled this. And they were the one sport that couldn't afford to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Heck, even MLS could afford to mess this up, uh, and they would have been fine. Cause, Which they so, kind of have, but we're not gonna we're not going to discuss that. Yeah, we don't care about soccer on this show. Sorry, Christian Taylor. Uh, but we don't care about soccer on this show. And so, like, the MLS has messed it up, but nobody cares. The people who like MLS are still going to watch it. Their right. attendance numbers aren't going to drop because they were barely there to begin with. Uh, <laughs> and so, baseball is the only sport that I believe is going to come out of this suffering. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, I'm not going to say attendance, because I don't think attendance is going to be quite where it was for the next couple years uh, I, I think it's going to be a gradual build as people begin to uh, trust uh, in the stadiums and facilities and all that kind of stuff and so I think we're two years from seeing sellouts and all that kind of stuff I, yep. I think this is going to I think we're a long ways away attendance wise but just television viewership numbers I think that's where they're going to take the biggest hit I think the NBA is going to be fine because they m- did a great job of communicating with their fans uh and the NFL is going to be fine because they haven't stopped their season at all. The yep. NHL, NHL is going to be good because they're coming right back into the postseason. Uh, and that's the highest viewership numbers that the NHL gets. So I think, if anything, their numbers are going to increase next season. Uh, but baseball, they were the one sport that's had consistently declining numbers all around uh, and every part of the board. And people are wondering why. And I think we're mm-hmm. starting to see it. Uh, the players have are not in touch with the fans. The ownership isn't in touch with the fans either. Uh, they're kind of living in their own little world, and they still have this idea of, oh, baseball's America's pastime. It's never going to fail. But nope. it's time to wake nope. up, baseball. It's time to wake up. This isn't 1996 where you can just throw something on strike again and everyone's going to be okay the next year. It's not like that. This is a time when Americans need sports, when people need baseball, when they needed unity and they needed something to rally around. And you couldn't provide that, even though you had the simplest, easiest job to do so. So they're going to hurt for quite some time, and they've eliminated a large segment of fans because of this. Mm. Wow. Well, Heavy stuff here on the walk-on he- podcast. Yeah, heavy stuff. Well, well, let's transition now. We're going to head to a break. But, Jason, I, for those of you who are joining with us again, you know what's headed next because it's our final segment. But if you're not... If you're, if you're new with us, you're going to enjoy this last one. It's a really funny segment. We like to call it What Grinds Your Gears. It's next on the Walk On Podcast. Working, we serving the streets. About to go ahead, go beast. Bang, bang, leave you sleep. Welcome back into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. Once again, I'm Jason Pro. Alongside of me is Jordan Riddick. Uh, he's several states away in Virginia. I'm currently located in Ohio. Uh, we're having a fun episode so far. We've talked about golf. We've talked about uh, we talked a lot about golf. Um, we did. We talked about uh, the NBA, college basketball, NFL. We've we've covered it all this, uh, today, Jordan. Mm-hmm. This this might be our most wide ranging episode yet. Yeah, we we've, we've covered a lot of topics and a, a lot of topics we typically don't cover. It's it's kind of funny. Absolutely. This is unique for us. But uh, one thing that's not unique or different in this episode is uh, our final segment. It's always going to stay the same uh, because we love it. We know you guys love it. Uh, and it's here. And it's what grinds your gears. And for those of you who may just now be seeing this podcast or listening, you might have seen us on a, 
on a Facebook post or have you, speaking of which, have you been promoting and boosting our Facebook posts? Uh, yeah, we have. We wanted to uh, make sure that uh, everybody was seeing our Facebook posts. So uh, to do that, we've we've boosted our uh, podcast post uh, every week that we've been uh, doing that. Look at that. We save money by switching our podcast hosting site, and now we can boost our uh, <laughs> our Facebook posts. That's right. Uh, speaking another question, Jordan, hey, do mm-hmm. we have any advertisers yet? Uh, no, we don't yet, but that is coming soon. For sure. I hope so. I, I would love to do a live read. Um, those are always fun. It makes me feel like I'm a professional. But yeah, <laughs> we're not there yet. Uh, but anyways, Jordan, mm-hmm. what grinds your gears? Well, actually, Jason, the last two weeks I have gone first. So I'd like to hear from you first. What grinds your gears? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. I think you and I will both understand and relate to this one. I kind of wrestled over what I wanted to do. And I I thought about diving into how golf balls are the biggest scam in America at this point in time. Um, (laughs) But I I figured we've already talked enough golf today uh, and my wallet's still going to fork out cash to go buy some more golf balls at some point this upcoming week. But um, so I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to go with corporations. Mm. Jordan, you and I are both applying for jobs right now. And yep. we're, we're looking, we have to read all these job postings and all of this kind of stuff. And my, what grinds my gears is these corporations post their jobs as entry-level positions, but they require three-plus years of experience. Yep. How is it an entry-level—that entry, completely redefines entry-level. Entry level means you've never worked in this field before. Here's your opportunity to step into the door and learn and gain experience. That's what entry level means. Not, oh, here, come work for us after three plus years of experience and we're going to pay you below everyone else in our organization uh, because you're new to it. And you're like, that's not what this, that, that's not entry level. If you're going to no. label it like that, say, uh, label the job as, uh, young or little experience needed uh, mm-hmm. or or something like that. Not entry level. If it's entry yeah. level, it means you can be fresh out of college, never have had a job in the and field enter. before and enter and you you can still have the same chance of getting the job as somebody else who's uh, maybe had a little bit more experience than you. It, entry level means even playing field. If you're going to label it three plus years of experience, it's not entry level. Don't label it like that. Don't waste my time, especially right now when there's very few jobs available. Mm. Like I'm looking at all these jobs and it's like, oh, it says entry level. And I'm like, oh, I can't apply for that one either because they want five years of experience. Like label it correctly. Help me help me help you. So I'm not wasting your time and you're not wasting my time. It, it's something so simple, but it grinds my gears. Yeah, that that would grind my gears too, Jason. For me, oh man, we talked a little about baseball, okay, and our frustrations with that. But what grinds my gears is that the MLB and their social media and just their general advertising is mm-hmm. pushing their draft in my face. I don't want to hear about the draft. I don't want to hear about the draft. I don't want to hear about any prospects. I don't want to hear about the order. 
I want to hear about how you're coming back to play in 2020. Don't tell me one more thing about the draft. No one cares about the draft. No one cared about the draft except for the families and the players that are in the draft. Because guess what? We're not going to see those people for three or four years. No one cares. Get back to playing baseball before you start pushing a draft in my face. It's so dumb. It grinds my gears. I love your point about how no one cared about the draft before this. It's it's like, why are we going to care now when exactly. there's no baseball and you're making everybody mad? So why are we going to care now if we didn't care three years ago when everything was happy-go-lucky? Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Jordan, that's the angriest I've heard you get about baseball. Maybe it's because you're an frustrated. Orioles fan and you don't have much to get angry about right now. Just I don't. they're perpetually terrible. But that's the angriest I've ever heard you about baseball. Yeah, I, I'm very... I'm very angry. Well, well, we'll pray for you. Uh, we'll, we'll anoint your head with oil and make sure that uh, you're okay. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll pray for healing and uh, <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, Jordan, I think that's our episode for this week. Oh, man. That that was quick. It felt quick. I mean, we're about 50, a little over 50 minutes in, but that felt quick. <laughs> it's one of the few episodes we haven't had to stop and restart in the middle of, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it last week or two weeks ago where we got halfway through our episode? It was, it was, it was two weeks ago. Oh, that, that was, was sad. Yeah. Never again. Nope. Um, but that's all the time that we have today. Make sure uh, to like, subscribe, share, rate five stars, whatever you want to do to support this podcast. Donate. We'll take donations. I'm not going to mm. turn that away. Um, Cash app, baby. Cash, Cash app. app. We, Venmo. You can just message one of us message our facebook page dm our instagram if you want our cash app and we can make sure we'll make sure that you get our cash app if you want it um, but we're definitely not going to turn away donations it's not tax deductible i know tax season is about a month away now uh, so unfortunately it's not tax deductible just yet uh, maybe one day but all of that being said uh, thank you for tuning in this week we hope you enjoyed it uh, we hope to see you back here soon uh, for Jordan, I'm Jason. You've been listening to The Walk On Podcast.